welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Now, this morning, I'm going to look into another instalment as to how we can keep our souls healthy. And this morning, I'm going to look at the seduced soul. Everyone say the seduced soul. There we go. Okay. Now, I want to do this because I believe that many of us settle for anything but the best of what God has for us. Many of us settle for things that are very dangerous as well. Many of us settle for things that are going to rob us of the power of God in our lives. So this morning, I'm actually going to be talking about the sin of, um, I've got the words mixed up in my head at the moment, idolatry. The sin of idolatry. Now, let me start by biblically defining what an idol is. Exodus 20, verses 3 to 4 says this, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So an idol basically is anything that we put before us and God. Anything that we we worship other than God, anything that we value more than God, anything that we consider more important than God, that's what an idol is. Now this is really important because whether you know it or not, whether you're a Christian or not, you will worship something. Everybody worships something. If you're not a Christian here this morning, you worship your hobbies, your wife, you worship your dreams, your hopes, your desires, you worship something. If you're a Christian here this morning, yes, you may love and worship God, but there are things that get into our lives, that get into our worlds, that hinder our worship and adoration of God. So this is pertinent for all of us. We all need to, need to deal with the sin of idolatry in our lives. And uh, I also think it's really important because I believe it is the reason why so many people don't go on in God. I believe, have you ever known people that give their lives to God and everything is really hanky-dory there for a little while? Everything is really good. They love Jesus. They're on fire and then they fade away eventually. I believe the reason why they do that is because they haven't dealt with the idols in their lives. They haven't removed the things in their lives that get between them and God. So dealing with idols, I believe, is very important. They can seduce us. They can really weigh down our souls. And so this morning... I simply want to take a brief look at the sin of idolatry this morning. Is that okay with you? But before I do that, I just want to make sure that we know what I mean by a soul. Okay, because there's a lot of theologies and ideas out there as to what a soul is. And that basically, for the purpose, for the sole purpose of this series, when we talk about, thank you, thank you, Dad. Uh, when we talk about the soul, what I'm talking about is anything that's got nothing to do with your physical sight. Okay, whether you think the soul and spirit are the same or whatever, look, I don't mind, it's up to you, okay? Sometimes that gets a little bit weird and divisive, but for the purpose of this activity, what we're doing is we are considering everything that is not part of your physical nature, okay? That is your soul. Is that okay? So we understand. We're not doing a soul study here. We're looking at how we can keep our souls healthy. All right? And this morning, we're going to look at how we can keep our souls healthy from the sin of idolatry, from the things that get into our lives. Okay? And I think there's a few very practical, very quick things that I think that we can look at this morning. And one of them, in being able to deal with idolatry in our lives, the first thing that we really need to do is simply this. We need to be able to identify. Identify 
the idols in our lives. Psalm 24, verses 2 to 4, says this, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Here we see the importance of identifying the idols in our lives, because it is when our soul is free from them that we can enjoy the intimacy and power of God in our lives. When we remove those things, when we identify those things, then we can enjoy closeness with God. I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking being able to enjoy an unfettered, close, unhindered relationship with the living God. Because it is only when our souls are lifted up to an idol that this verse tells us that we can ascend to the hill of the Lord and stand in His holy presence which is why we need to be able to identify the idols in our lives. We need to do some real soul searching and, and, and just look into our lives and find out, okay, what actually am I putting between me and the living God? But, and I'm going to talk about how to do that. But we, before we do that, I just want to establish that I'm not talking about not enjoying the blessings that God gives us. God gives us many wonderful things to enjoy, okay? But, and he wants us to actually even love those things, but not love them more than him. That's what I'm talking about. He gives us many wonderful things. He's given me amazing things that I love, that I adore, that I enjoy. But he simply wants me to love them, not as much as I love him. Because it's about the blesser and not the blessing. That's what we're talking about here this morning. Okay, so to identify our idols in our lives, I think we need to ask ourselves some pretty important questions. This is how we can practically apply this. We need to ask ourselves some pretty probing questions. If you ask yourself, you're taking notes, just write this down. Ask yourselves, okay, where does my time go? What do I spend my money on? And where does my conversation lead to? Where do I spend my time on? Where do I spend my money? And where does my conversation lead to? I think those questions can really help us to acknowledge the idols in our lives. You know, like if you're always talking about the same thing, you always know what people are interested in because the, the conversation goes back to that one thing. If, you, if your conversation always goes back to one thing, maybe, possibly, and that, that thing is not God, maybe, possibly, you have an idol. I don't know. If you look at, at your bank account and you, you see that your money always goes towards one thing, but never to God or to helping people, then maybe there's an idol in your life. And also, likewise, if, you're, if you look at, um, at um, what you talk about with, with your friends and also what you focus on as well, well pa- perhaps there's an idol in your life. Because we can get seduced into a whole bunch of things. People get seduced about you know, their homes. So here's a little, bit, just a little bit obsessed about their homes. Just a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I like to take pride of my house and take care of it. But some people, that's all they talk about. And they're always looking for that next renovation. And they always want their garden to look their best. I was looking for that next upgrade. I don't know. And that's all you think about. Now, I'm not talking about not, talking, um, about not having pride in your house, but I am talking about maybe if that's all you think about, if you think about that more than God, perhaps there's an idol in your life. Or maybe that hobby, you know, that thing that you do, that thing you love doing, that thing that nothing can get in the way of that thing. Nothing but nothing but nothing. Come hell or high water, you're going to be there every Saturday morning. Nothing can get away. Not your sickness, not your kid's sickness. You know that thing you love doing. However, Sunday morning church, that becomes a bit of an option. Maybe. Maybe if that's the case, maybe you have an idol in your lives. And what about, this is, uh, this is modern day, this is one of the biggest idols. And that's your, I look at young people, your online identity. Come on, you know. Oh, did you see how many people retweeted me this morning? Man, God must be good. 
man, I'm great. People love me. If that makes you feel really good about yourself, perhaps, I don't know. Or, or look at all the likes that I got on that Facebook post. Man, you know, I got over 100, you know, and you feel so good about yourself. You know, maybe there's, a, you know, there's an idol there in your life. Look, if, if this is your common posture throughout the day, <laughs> if you find yourself doing this a lot, more than praying, more than reading your Bible, more than talking to people face-to-face, I don't know, maybe you have a dysfunctional relationship with your phone. I don't know. Or maybe we should call it for what it is, and that's, maybe there's an idol in your life, I don't know. But your online identity these days, perhaps. So I think that we can really settle idols in our lives by looking at ourselves and asking ourselves some really important questions. We can ask ourselves, here's a good question to ask yourself, what do you desire the most? Don't answer me now, they're rhetorical. Just think about them. What do you desire the most? Is it God or is it other things? Who or what do you turn to for help? Who or what do you turn to for comfort? Just think about those things. Who or what do you turn to for approval? Is it someone else or is it God? Who or what do you spend your time sacrificing your treasure and your talent to? They're really important questions that you can ask yourselves in order to be able to identify the idols in your lives. And being able to identify the idols in your lives is the first step, I believe, in being able to deal properly with idols. The next thing that I want to bring to you this morning, once we've identified the idols in our lives, we need to tear them down. We need to just simply tear them down. Judges 6.25 says, That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. Here we see the importance of tearing down the idols in our lives. Because something that we need to make clear is that God doesn't want us to negotiate with our idols. He wants us to obliterate them. He wants us to get rid of them. He wants us to kill them. He wants us to destroy them. There's no, there's no talk about managing our idols. When we recognize the idols, there's only one way to deal with it. And that's what God said to Gideon here. He said to him, those idols, those temples built to idols, just destroy them. Don't go and talk to them about it. Don't negotiate with them. Don't ask them why they're there. Just destroy those idols. And that's what we need to do. We need to be able to recognize the idols in our lives and simply destroy them. Tear them down. Kill them dead. Colossians 3.5 says to put to death anything that's in your sinful nature. Put to death. That's destroy. So don't flirt with it. Don't muck around with it anymore. Don't think about, oh, you know, maybe one day. Don't try and counsel yourself out of it. Once you've identified an idol in your life, simply destroy it. Tear it down. Kill it dead. It's the only way to deal with an idol. And I think one of the best ways to be able to do that as a people is to simply call them for what they are. Call them for what they are. Recognize them as as an idol. It's not an obsession. It's not something you feel strongly about. It's not a stronghold. But it's an idol. Recognize it as an idol and then tear it down. There are three types of idols that I want to be able to bring to you today. And um, they're simply this. And this will help us again to tear them down. There are personal idols, like money, for instance. If you sacrifice all your time, if you sacrifice your health, if you sacrifice your family, then maybe money is an idol in your life. Another personal idol, idol is romance. If you find yourself approval in someone else, like if somebody dumps you, 
How you feel about that shows whether you have an idol in your life. Maybe you've been done because God is removing an idol in your life. If you feel like you can't go on and your self-worth is gone. I mean, maybe that person was uh, filling a place that only God can fill. That's another personal idol. Romance. Children. Children, perhaps. You know, the parents that live their lives through their children and their dreams. You know, and then if their children don't succeed, maybe they don't feel so good about themselves. Maybe they have an idol in their lives. There's also cultural idols, like self, for instance. You know, we live in an age where self is the highest God. We, we promote self-esteem above so many other things. And maybe that's an idol. Maybe beauty. How important is beauty to you? You know, the, the seeking of it and making yourself really beautiful all the time. Again, I'm happy for people to look after themselves, but if it's so important that you're so obsessed with it, then maybe there's an idol in your life. And there's also religious idols. You know, your theology, how important is that to you? Can you not be challenged on it? You know, maybe your persuasion, maybe what you believe church should be like. Or maybe your ministry could become an idol in your life as well. You know, when that gets removed from you, how's your self-worth? Do you feel any less about yourself? Do you feel like God doesn't love you, doesn't approve you? So there are a lot of idols in our lives that we need to be able to deal with. And having personal, cultural, and religious idols are something that I believe can seduce us and really weigh our souls terribly down. So when we recognize um, the idols in our lives, we need to just simply just destroy them. Just kill them dead, whether they be social, cultural, or personal. Once we've done that, once we've identified, and once we've rebuilt the idols, uh, sorry, once we've destroyed the idols, we need to rebuild. We need to rebuild. Judges 6.26 says this, And build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here, with stones laid in due order. And we need to be able to do that. We need to see the importance of rebuilding. Once we've torn down, we need to rebuild. We need to replace where God belongs. We need to put God back into the picture. There's nothing else. Don't fill that gap up with anything else, but put God right back into, the future, uh, into, the, into that place because this is why God says, build an altar to the Lord, your God. Once you've re- removed those things, now it's time for you to build an altar. And that's what we need to do. We need to rebuild God back into our lives that he might take his rightful place because that's where he belongs. He belongs at the center because that's why we were created, to worship him firstly and foremostly. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's why we were created. We were created for his majesty, for his glory, to proclaim his glory, not anything else. So once you've identified, once you've torn down, now put God back exactly where he belongs, at the center of your world, at the center of your desires, at the center of what you value, at the center of your worship, at the center of your adoration. Too many people get the healing, get the breakthrough, but they don't turn back to God straight away. And that's what we need to be able to do. And I think one of the best ways to be able to apply this, one of the best ways that we can make sure that we put God back in the picture is to realize just how damaging idols are in our lives. They, they, are, they are destroying. They are soul-destroying. And they're soul-destroying for one main reason. Let me exemplify like this. Now, here's my friend. Somebody give this fish a name. Nemo. Nemo. Awesome. What well, Nemo, somebody thought I'd do Nemo a favor. They took him out of the beach, out of the sea, and they put him on the beach. So Nemo was there, right? And uh, they looked at Nemo that took out of the beach, and they realized that he wasn't very happy. 
They couldn't see why. He just wasn't very happy. So they thought, oh, we know what Nemo needs. He needs money. Let's give Nemo, because they put him on the beach and his gills got like this. Yeah, so they got, oh, let's give him some money. Let's give him lots of money. And they waited. They saw Nemo. Gills was still going like this. He just wasn't happy. So they went, oh, okay. Well, maybe let's get him lots of alcohol. Let's get him lots and lots and lots of alcohol. It was so funny this morning. I've got to say this. I forgot my prop this morning. And uh, I thought, oh, man, what am I going to do this morning? And I thought, I saw a particular young man. And as a joke, I said, oh, man, I need a bottle of booze. And he's gone, no worries. i got one in the back of my car. <laughs> I went, thank you, I think. <laughs> I think I'm glad. I'm not sure. But anyway, thanks to this person that will remain nameless, um, I have a prop. So back to Nemo here, back to my story here. So we have Nemo. So he's a bit upset. He's been taken out of the water. He's got money. Still not happy, still doing this. So they give him alcohol. I won't, I won't do it. But he drinks a whole bottle on his way to church. And, um, you know, he's still not happy. He's still very unhappy. So they thought, okay, he's still not happy. Let's buy him a house. I'm a really nice house. It's a beautiful house. Still not happy. Poor Nemo. Anyway, so Nemo tries to make himself happy because he's on the beach and he finds himself a Playfish magazine. <laughs> and he thinks that's going to make him happy. So he starts reading Playfish on the beach. <laughs> Counting all his money. Drinking his wine. Hang on. Anyway, still not happy. Poor Nemo cannot find satisfaction. You know why he can't find satisfaction? Because Nemo wasn't created for the beach. He was created for the water. You can't find satisfaction in your idols because you weren't created for them. You were created for a loving, intimate relationship with the one true God, with the living God. That's why no matter what we turn to, no matter what we try and do, no matter where we go, no matter what idol we bow down to, unless it is the one true living God, we will be like Nemo and our gills will be like this forever and ever and we will not be happy, we will not be satisfied because like Nemo, we weren't created. We weren't created to worship those idols. We weren't created, created to bow down to them. We weren't created for those things to become the center of our world and our adoration and our worship. We were created for Jesus, that he may become the center of our world and our adoration. That's why we need to be able to recognize the idols in our lives, tear them down and rebuild God back into our lives because we were built for him. We were created for him, for the one true living God. Everything else will not satisfy you. Like this money, like this cute Playfish magazine, like this nice Merlot, like this awesome house, will not satisfy Nemo, these things will not satisfy you as well. You will be as dissatisfied as Nemo is right now because of who you were created to be. And that's a child of the living God. I know it can be a bit of a heavy message, I know. It's not, it's not the normal, you know, fun um, 
laugh a minute message. But I think it's important. It's, I think it's a weighty thing when we're asked to, by the living God, just to look at our lives. Just consider. Consider what we've placed at the center. What's crept in, whether it be cultural, whether it be personal, whether it be religious, whether it be financial, whatever is, whatever is coming into our world. Remember I said, that's the reason why I truly believe people just don't go on. If you look at your own life, if you look at my own life, there's been times in my life in the past where I've backslid away from God. When I look back in, in those times, it wasn't because of faulty theology. It wasn't, it wasn't people's fault. It wasn't church's fault. It wasn't even God's fault, even though I blamed him. It was simply this, because I did not deal with the idols in my life. I didn't identify them. I didn't tear them down. And I didn't put God back into the picture. That is how crucially important it is. One of my mates, Martin Luther, even went so far as to say this. He said, it's no accident that the first command is to not have any other gods before me. That's the first command, in case some of you didn't realize that. It's no accident that uh, it's there. Because it's the most important one. It's the most important command of all. Because he believes that all the other commands hinge on that one command. If we get that one wrong, that's why we break every other command. But if we get that one right, if we don't have any other gods before him, then we will not break all the other commandments. That's how serious this is. Let me give you an example. One of the commands is to not lie. Okay? Now, if you're like me, you might have lied in the past. Think about a time in the past when you've lied. Now, let me ask you, why did you lie? I'll tell you. You lied to save face at that particular time. Now, you lied to save face at that particular time because at that particular time, what somebody thought of you became far more important than what Jesus thinks of you. You replaced Jesus. You replaced God. You worship someone's opinion. You worship your own pride. You worship your own dignity above the living God. That's why you've lied. And like I said, how do I know that? I know that because I've watched you and I've never done it in my life. I've learned from you. That's how I know that. Yes, right now, I'm worshipping my own pride above God. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for pointing that out. That's how serious this is. Consider the idols in your life. Because seriously, they will lead to a toxic soul. They will weigh you down. They will imprison you. You will not be set free to do the things that God has set you to do. I mean, one of, the, one of the most wonderful ways that I believe to be able to do this is there's a scripture that wouldn't mind if it came up right now. It's in John 15, verses 5 and 8. And this is Jesus speaking. Now, I think this is probably, probably the, the best way to ensure that we deal with idols in our lives and we don't allow things to creep into our lives that shouldn't creep in. This is Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me 
and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That whole verse, just, I can just break it down to one word, remain. Just remain in Jesus. I love that warning, that loving warning. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It doesn't matter what your dreams, hopes, aspirations, desires, persuasions, intentions, whatever you believe God is leading you to do, that's all fine. But you need to remain in him. Because it is when you take your focus off him that you allow other things to creep in and get into your world. Things that will take your adoration and your worship from him toward those things. Remain in him because apart from him, you can do nothing. I just want to highlight just one more point before I go. I just, God just gave me this picture. Can I get um, three volunteers? Can I get you three to come up, please? Nick, Matt, and Candice here. Come on, let's give him a big clap. <laughs> jump up, yeah, jump up. I won't prolong this. I think, I think there are many of us because of idols in our lives. You want to just stand in the line here? That'd be great. Because of idols, I think, I think this is where a lot of us are at at the moment. You know, be it because of that home that we're so focused on, you know, and we just, we just want this home to be perfect. We want this home just to, you know, just look, look its best. You know, because I've been challenged by that personally. I, I started some restorations two years ago that I've had to just stop, and that's killing me. Because I, I love having a good home for people to come over. Uh, and I've had to stop those, those renovations. And uh, it's killing me. And I had to think about it. Why, why is this killing me? And I realized it's my pride. But right now, we're in a situation where we need to hold off from those renovations. And you know, God did a thing on me. But, but some of us are just obsessed with that. You know? well, it could be our children. You know? And we focus and we're obsessed on our children. Your children. Gee, that take a lot of time. I'll tell you what. You know? And that's, they're one of my biggest candidates for... Um, um, don't upstage me now, okay? <laughs> They're one of my biggest candidates for idols. I tell you, I've got four little tackers, and I tell you, they could so easily be my idols. It's, it's not funny. If I wasn't a Christian my whole life, that, my whole world would revolve around those things. Now, again, it's not, oh, those people. It's not, <laughs> it's not that we're not called to love our children, but the Bible makes it very clear that we're supposed to love God far more. In fact, there's a verse that's, that scares me, that frightens me. It says that if you love your family more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. Oh, that's full on. That is full on. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't love your family. The context there, what that means is that your love toward me compared to your love towards your family should be so different, should be so vast. Your, your love toward me should be so much greater. That's what that means. But we put our children in front of us and, and then we've got other things like finances and oh, where's that, how are we going to pay the next bill? You know? And we just clutter ourselves with idols until suddenly, I know some of you can still see me, but for the sake of this exercise, work with me here, okay? You put all these idols in front of you and suddenly, just like some of you can't see my face anymore, some of you can't see God anymore. Some of you are wondering, where has God gone? Where is he? I thought you said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. Where are you, Lord? I'm crying out for you, Lord. I've got all these things in my life to deal with. I need you now. Where are you? I can't see you. I can't hear you. Why have you left me? 
But just like you guys know that I'm right here, I haven't got off the stage. That's what God is saying to you right now this morning. I am here. I haven't left. You've just got to be able to remove those idols, remove those things, and you'll be able to see me face to face one more time. I haven't gone anywhere. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You were created with a plan, with a purpose. You guys can get off. It's my moment now. You were created with a destiny. Give him a big clap. You were created for far better than what you're settling for right now. God hasn't left you. If you haven't felt God, if you haven't heard from God, if you haven't seen God for a long time, if you've got nothing out of God, Maybe just stop focusing on your theology, your church, what people have done, what they haven't done. Maybe stop focusing on that. And maybe just consider the things that you've placed in your life that are coming between you and the living God. Just like I was there the whole time, God has been there for you the whole time. God is there right now. Can I pray for you? Can I ask you to stand up before I finish? It's going to... I ask the band to come up and I'm going to ask, we're going to spend a time of communion after this. If, that, if the elements can start to get distributed, that'd be great. It's going, to, it's going to pray for us into this area because all of us are susceptible. All of our souls get toxicated as a result of idols in our lives. And all of us need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to remove them from our lives. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.